From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling with Danny Flecker here on a Friday morning, June 10th, 2022, the morning of game, what is this now, game four of the NBA Finals coming off a big Boston win uh, in game three, a game where Steph Curry had a huge third quarter. Um, but they were able to weather the storm and Robert Williams and Grant Williams stepped up and you had said to me going into this, it's going to come down to turnovers and how you handle the third quarter. Well, the Celtics didn't really handle the third quarter well, but they sure did, um, successfully limit the turnovers, um, for the rest of the game, and that was a key to their success. Yeah, I thought overall they played a pretty clean game. Uh, third quarter was a little sloppy. Uh, they did lose it at the end of the day. You know, they like Golden State. And that's what's so important about you know, building leads and maintaining them is that, you know, I think the Warriors went on two or three separate runs of, like, 10-0 or, or 11 nothing in like a minute 15. And then that's obviously how they get you. But with Boston playing a little bit cleaner for third quarter, um, finding that extra you know, energy to build that lead back up to double digits is what was able to do it for them. And, and you mentioned uh, Robert Williams and Grant Williams. They didn't really make a big impact on the scoreboard. You know, I don't think they had many points between them. But when you look at the extra opportunity they were able to develop for the Celtics on the offensive class, and then Robert Williams on the defensive end, really just wreaking havoc and you know altering shots, blocking shots, forcing Golden State to take tougher shots. You know, in the shot, deep into the shot clock. I really thought that made a big difference for them. You know, as that third quarter looked like it was getting away, you know, they were able to sort of stop the bleeding a bit with their effort and, you know, give Boston the opportunity to build that lead back up. And not only that, but Robert Williams' jump arc is very different than Al Horford's jump arc. And you saw how much space they were giving Steph Curry. Well, Robert Williams can give more space to Steph Curry because of how Robert Williams plays. He, he, he can jump higher. He's a better defender. And I think that change was very effective for the Celtics. And now you sit there and wonder, all right, we know that, that James Weissman's out for the year for the Warriors. Uh, is this where you see Jonathan Kaminga? Is this where you see somebody that has some height? Because the other problem that Golden State had in Game 3 is that they were just torched by bigger guys, both height and weight, and that's not going to do it in these playoffs. Yeah, Golden State is definitely at a disadvantage when it comes to down low. You know, they're not going to give a ton of minutes to Kavon Looney. Um, you know, they're big off the bench right now. It looks like it's Bielsa, and he's not going to be giving you anything extraordinary underneath. Um, you know, Kaminga definitely provides some more 
right athleticism for him for them, but he's raw, inexperienced. Um, you know, he, I just don't think he's going to be put in a spot where too much pressure is going to be put on him to perform. I think the rotations that you saw on Game Three, maybe we see a little more Andre Iguodala tonight. But even then, like I think the issue that you're finding with the Warriors in this in this series specifically is that. They already have a non-shooter in Draymond on the floor. And if you put another one on the floor, which which is what they have when they put a guy like Looney or, you know, Peyton and potentially Iguodala on the court, is that you're really, really putting a lot of pressure on Steph Curry to not only facilitate but also create his own shot. And I think that's where Boston has the advantage is that they're able to field you know, five players on that court that are able to, to make shots and facilitate, whereas Golden State right now looks like they're playing with one arm behind their back in, in certain situations with the lines they put out there. And for me, it's not just that. It's the fact that Draymond Green has scored, you know, five points, I think, the whole series and has hit zero three-pointers. Draymond has just been ineffective. He said yesterday that his energy needs to pick up in game four, but I think he needs to get on the score sheet, not just have better, bigger energy in game two. Yeah, I think the the stat is that he has 15 points in the series and 15 fouls. And that's what you're going to get from him. I, I think Boston is very comfortable with him taking any shot. Uh, on the court, as long as it's not a three-pointer or, you know, from Steph Curry to get him in a group, you know, I would welcome Draymond taking, you know, 10 to 12 shots a game if I'm the Celtics. Go ahead, you know, do what you have to do. It, it means that there's less opportunity for the other guys. Uh, I'm, I'm more than happy letting him take it. I I don't know if he's going to have a complete switch of mentality in this game. Um, I expect him to be very much the, the irritant tonight in this game, especially what happened after game three. Uh, but, you know, if you need to take 10 to 12 shots a game for the Warriors to be successful, I just don't think that's what they want to do. But if I'm Boston, I'm letting them do that all game. Like, take those shots, go ahead and make them. You know, make us play defense on you. I, I just don't know if the Warriors are going to play that way. Um. Danny Flucker with us here on Teeing It Up. The decision-making, first of all, Jalen Brown and the fact that early in that game he drove straight to the basket, which we hadn't seen him do. Really aggressive, taking advantage of the size disadvantage. But number two, Jason Tatum's decision-making. We talked about it early in the season uh, uh, series. He still hasn't had one of those big Jason Tatum games, but boy, does he look good. Yeah, I thought the Celtics' approach in the game on Wednesday was something that I've been kind of hammering when I'm talking to other people about what they're doing, and that's just to be more aggressive. You know, you can't fall in love with a three-point shot all the time, and I get it. You know, that's the way the NBA is trending. That's the way that the analytics say, you know, you have to go if you want to be successful. But the Celtics have clearly a huge advantage when it comes to not only um, their length, but their athleticism. You have Brown, Williams, 
uh, Derek White. These are all guys that are very good at playing underneath the basket, facilitating underneath the basket, and, and creating open lanes for open shots. And on Wednesday, they were just more aggressive going to the hoop, not just settling for three-pointers, playing outside the arc and, and you know, winding down the shot clock and using their length of athleticism to their advantage. They need to do more of that. And you saw what that did to Golden State. It put Steph Curry into foul trouble. It put Draymond Green into foul trouble. And all of a sudden, the Warriors' rotation you know, from the bench and the way that they play defensively changes because they can't be that aggressive either because they can't get into foul trouble. I keep doing that. Put Steph Curry in those pick and rolls. Put him down low. Force him to make a decision on how he's going to play defense rather than kind of giving them a way out, you know, playing behind the arc where, you know, they don't have to get up in your face and allow you to take that shot. Just be more aggressive. And I think if they do that tonight, you know, we'll see a very similar script play out. But they can't just play iso ball at the top of the arc and, you know, hope that the shots are going to fall every single time they take them. they got to be more aggressive. I do. And we'll see how the, how everyone adjusts tonight, and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see the one-day uh, off adjustments. Uh, this is the only game of the series, I believe, that only has one day in between, uh, and we'll see what happens Friday, uh, tonight, Friday, June 10th, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC. Then you have Seth Curry and his foot, which he claims is better than it was the whole series. Um, sorry, sorry uh, better than the previous injury in the regular season. We're going to see uh, how healthy that is because so much of the offense goes through him. You talked about the foul trouble that, that, that he, end, he ended up in last series. It's not fun uh, to be him when he's struggling. And uh, this is going to be very interesting to see how, how healthy he is, how much they try to get him not only into foul trouble, but just test the foot and see how the foot is. This is going to be, I think, a really interesting game because this is Steph Curry and everyone yet. You don't know when a big clay game is coming. Maybe this is the game where where Draymond finally has a double-double. It's a very interesting game that could swing this series, obviously, you know, either way. Yeah, I think we saw a better performance from Clay in Game 3. More confident, you know, with his shot. Uh, He's definitely, in my opinion, running out of gas just a little bit. I don't think it has anything to do with him, you know, falling off a cliff with his skills or anything. You know, we just have to take into consideration this is a guy that almost was out for three years, uh, came back in March, and is really, you know, probably still not 100% back to where he needs to be. You know, it looks like he's just running out of gas a little bit. Um, But he had a good game three. We'll, we'll see what the Warriors do there. I, I really do think if the Warriors need to, you know, if the Warriors are going to tie this series tonight, it, it has to, they have to have a, a bigger game probably from Wiggins more than I think Clay Thompson. You know, Clay's going to probably get his, you know, 15 to 20 shots. Curry's going to get his, 
you know, 20 shots a game. Wiggins needs to be a little more, of course, offensively for them. They need someone to take away the burden of, of what Steph and Clay have to do. And, you know, the next logical choice there is, is Wiggins. So, you know, if he has 20 to 25 points, Clay has 20 to 25 points, and, you know, Steph does his thing, I do think it's going to be a tighter game than we saw in game four. But, you know, again, expecting Draymond or Gary Payton the second or, you know, Jordan Poole to have, you know, breakout performances, I think it is asking a lot because, you know, I do think the Celtics match up defensively very well with them. So I do think it's got to be Wiggins uh, being that third guy tonight for them to, to lessen the pressure that the other guys are facing. It's going to be... Really interesting to see. Hey, this this could be the most important game of the season, and that's going to be a hostile Boston crowd, especially as it stays anti-Draymond Green. We have uh, Danny Flecker with us here. I'm teeing it up. Let, let me ask you uh, this, uh, which is, uh, well, actually it's the first of two questions. Number one, your prediction for the series going in, which I know, but I'm not sure you said on this show, and now your direction, your your prediction, um, now that you've seen three games in this series. Yeah, I think that the Celtics have been the better team over the course of three games. You know, they have played great first halves in all three games. Their third quarter still needs some tightening up. Uh, the, uh, the Warriors have obviously owned the third quarter in the series so far. Uh, it's what got them the Game 2 victory. It's what almost gave them the Game 1 victory. It almost gave them an opportunity to come back uh, on Wednesday night. But I do think the Celtics overall the better team. And I, I think I said it last week, if the Celtics were able to steal Game 1, or game two, um, you know, that they would be able to possibly win this series in six. I'm going to stick with that. I, I think tonight, you know, I might be jinxing myself here, but the Celtics have, in, in general, in this playoff uh, run here, have had a little bit of trouble back-to-back, um, you know, games together and, and really being able to put a stranglehold on the series. Uh, we, we saw it in the... Milwaukee series, we saw it in the Miami series, that they've had that type of issue, but I do think that tonight, you know, they're going to be able to come out there adjust a little bit, because I'm sure the Warriors are going to adjust as well, but I do think this heads back to the Bay with a 3-1 series lead for Boston, and then they'll, they'll probably have a tough game five, probably lose that one, but then have the opportunity to come back to Boston game six and win that one. So I'm going to stick with Boston six. Uh, I do think they take it tonight, and then, you know, they go back to San Francisco with an opportunity to clinch it. But uh, I just think the Warriors are, are running out of options to support Steph and Clay, and Boston's athleticism and youth and length is just too much right now for, for them to, to take care of. I am with you that that Golden State's running out of options. We're about to see possibly the greatest coaching job in a finals that Steve Kerr's had so far, depending on how this all shakes out. Danny Flecko with us here on Teeing It Up. A couple uh, things to wrap this this, uh, pod up. 
Number one, uh, national TV. I'm 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 quoting here from uh, the uh, synopsis daily newsletter. National TV ad spend in the sports wagering category jumped 281 percent to 282 million from September 2021 through May 2022 per iSpot.tv. The biggest spenders were FanDuel, Caesars, DraftKings, BetMGM, and FoxBet. Are you sick of sports wagering ads? I mean, it is what it is, right? It's one of those things that, you know, we were waiting for the top to come off on this. You know, it's become more legalized, and it's become more uh, mainstream and more acceptable to gamble or bet on games or do daily fantasy, whatever it is that, that, that your heart desires, it's really out there for you uh, to, to do. So I, I do think that, you know, these companies are taking advantage of, of what's out there. It's clear that, you know, when you look at the handles that are being brought in by certain states, that the money isn't going to waste. You know, people are, are spending money on these apps and, you know, placing wagers and these advertisements are, yes, they're in your face, but they're clearly getting the return on it. So I don't see it going away anytime soon. I do see, you know, that they, they do have a window here, too. That falls almost, you have a couple of dead months before football starts up. So, you know, we'll get a little bit of a reprieve. You know, the month of July and August, but it's me right back in our face in September. Uh, but it's clear that there's, when it comes to the you know, sports wagering, and um, you know, it's it's a little bit uh, late in my opinion. This is something that probably <clears throat> probably should have been more acceptable, you know, ten years ago. But you know, we're only going to see more and more of it as we continue down this path. Yeah. Uh, I'm just waiting for the day where all 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 of these companies we uh, reach their max of users, so they stop advertising because there's no more point in it, in, in advertising. Um, that's my yeah. hope, at least. Uh, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Every single year, every single day, someone turns 18, right? So. <laughs> They're going to keep going after it. Um, you know, if anything, maybe the market saturates a little bit, and we see like acquisitions down the road of certain organizations being bought by you know some of the behemoths that are out there. But you know, it, I just don't know how it's going to go away. Um, and not that I wanted to. You know, I I like betting on games. I like having that opportunity, that freedom uh, to do so. But it, it's clearly something that. The leagues are investing in. Uh, they know it brings in new audiences. Uh, they know that it gets eyes on their product. And you know what better way to have somebody engaged in their product by having some sort of investment in it? So yeah. uh, I don't see that ever, ever really going away. Anything else you'd like to throw in here as we close up shop on a Friday morning? No, oh, good game. A good game is going to be on tonight. Um, the Yankees. Are rolling right now. Knock on wood. Uh, you know things are things are uh, are going down 
uh, right now, you know, with, with everything in um, in sports. So hopefully we get a nice, a good end to this series here. And again, we have a, a dead period for a little bit coming up. So just hoping that we get a good close to this series. And then, you know, we head into football season. The Yanks own the Twins. I, I, I honestly feel like the Steinbrenner family is like a co-owner of the Twins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, last night they were up uh, 7-3, right? And then the Yankees stormed back and, and took out, even though they had a bad performance from Garrett Cole, which is what, what you like to see from them. You know, they, the only thing that they need to do, really, is to stay healthy. You know, they, they have something clicking right now. Their pitching rotation has been uh, really, really surprising. I did not see this coming from them, uh, but they have been getting above average performances from mostly everybody. You know, we saw Gallo hit two home runs last night. Maybe he can get into a groove a bit and make that lineup deeper. But right now, everything that the Yankees were hoping for, they're getting. Yes, sir. You, you know it. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can dig up who the actual co-owner is of the uh, twins. Um Danny Flecka, thank you, as always, for joining us on Teeing It Up. No problem, my man. Have a good rest of the day. You got it. Same to you and same to everybody else out there.